0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. If you ever want to get in touch with me, by the way, you can just email the church, Pca at gmail.com. That's foresthillpca at gmail.com. I'd be happy to respond to any emails you have with any comments or feedback or questions about any of the devotionals that we've had here. Romans 15 on day 174 of our 3-year journey through the bible let's pray heavenly father thank you so much for your word such a blessing to us every day to be in your word and to be enriched and taught and filled and fed by you we pray that you would lead us pray that you would feed us and we pray this in jesus name amen romans chapter 15 now we we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak And not to please ourselves. Let us each of us, let each of us, sorry, please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell upon me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance, for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to conform to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, By word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem to bring aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. be with you all. Amen. That is Romans 15 in the English Standard Version. So, this is the last chapter of the teaching, of the instruction, of the main message of Romans. We'll look at Romans 16 in a few days, and we'll see that it is still God's Word, and it has much blessing to impart to us. But this is really the conclusion of the the argument, as you will, or the, or the discourse that Paul has been building since Romans 1. And he concludes what he's been talking about in chapter 14 by saying that within the body of Christ, we who are strong, and here, the ones who are strong, he means those who have freedom in Christ to eat meat of all kinds, to regard every day as a holy unto the Lord, to be free from the, the fear of these idols and what might have been sacrificed to them, or from the shadowy bonds of the Old Testament ceremonial law, which has been fulfilled in Christ and is no longer in that way binding on us, but is now uh, in Christ over us. Uh, and so those of us who are strong, who don't have these foibles, these hang-ups, these weaknesses, we have an obligation To bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, could there be a more important message for American Christians to hear than to hear that we have an obligation to bear with the weak and not to please ourselves? We live in such a please-yourself culture. Make yourself happy. Have it your way. You do you. Look out for number one. I got to take some me time. I just need to make sure I'm taking care of myself. It's called self care. All these things that just swirl in the atmosphere of our culture that are just choking us to death with selfishness. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. You may not live a life that seeks always to please yourself. You may not. Es ist verboten. It is contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to live a life that says thank you to God and seeks to be a blessing to others in the gospel. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. So within the body of Christ, we please one another to edify ourselves in the Lord. And in the broader culture, we please our neighbors to be of service to them, to bring them to Christ. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. You see, if Christ was all about pleasing himself, he could have just stayed in heaven and enjoyed fellowship with the Father and enjoyed the worship of the angels and enjoyed the untouched glory of eternity But he came from heaven to earth for us and for our salvation. That's my favorite line in the Nicene Creed. Who for us and for our salvation came down. He did it for us. And so we need to realize that any little sacrifice we're being called to give for the sake of others is just a little tiny speck of a speck compared to what Christ did for us. And so we should be glad To be inconvenienced. We should be glad to put ourselves last and to put others ahead of ourselves because Christ did oh so much more for us. And then in verse uh, four here, we have a wonderful summary of what the Old Testament really is all about. And that is whatever was written in former days. So we've been Leviticus, right? And all this Old Testament stuff. Why was it written? Well, largely it was written for our instruction so that through endurance and the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. Here Paul knows that we need two things to persevere in the Christian life. We need endurance. That is long-suffering. That is that is the ability to go through hardship. And we need encouragement. We need to have heart put into us. We need to be strengthened from the inside. So we need the endurance to be able to go through difficult things. And we need to have heart given to us. Uh, so... Just last week, the Golden State Warriors won their fourth NBA championship in the last eight years. But, you know, the last three years have been tough for the Warriors. And I thought in particular of Clay Thompson. When I think about endurance and encouragement, Clay Thompson, one of the better players on the Warriors, one of the best shooters in the history of the NBA, he was out of his sport for two full years. He had an injury, and then as he was just coming back from that injury, he got injured a different way. Each one required a full year of rehab, and everybody said he wasn't going to have it when he came back. But he had to endure hardship, and he said his, his biological brothers, both his older brother and younger brother, as well as his teammates, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, encouraged him. They gave him encouragement so that he could endure we, of course, we're not NBA players trying to win a championship. We have something so much better and so much more. We are ambassadors for Christ, the salt of the earth and the light of the world, called to represent Christ to a corrupt culture that hates the Lord and that often hates those who are made in his image and redeemed by Christ. Ooh, that's a falcon just went by. Sorry. Uh, one of the things about doing it outside is sometimes you have a falcon that literally swoops like five feet in front of you. Um, anyway, back on track. We <laughs> so what do we need? We need endurance because it's hard sometimes, and we need encouragement that strengthens our hearts to know that. And so, after he says that's why scripture was written, he then gives a blessing, "May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together we you may with one voice glorify the God and Father" of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. This addresses another major issue in the early church that's still an issue today, and that is divisions, people dividing themselves up. In the early church, it was the Jew and Gentile division the Jewish people would say, well, we're the covenant people of God. We're the chosen people. We have the promises. And the Gentiles would say, well, but we believe in Jesus and he's the fulfillment of all the promises. And so we're in too. And there could be a way of sort of treating each other as first class or second class. Gentiles could look down on Jews who still kept to some of the ceremonial laws, the dietary laws and the cleanliness codes. And Jews could look down on Gentiles because they're not naturally of Abrahamic stock. You know, they didn't come through the covenant line. They were grafted in from the outside to use the language of Romans 11, but Paul reminds them that it's always been God's plan. So he goes back to the scriptures and he quotes abundantly from the Old Testament to show them that it was always God's plan that the Gentiles would praise God and would rejoice along with the chosen people of God, his his Jewish people, the, the, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, those So four different verses he gives us from four different places in the Old Testament to show us that this has always been God's plan to bring Jew and Gentile together. And it's always been God's plan that there's one body of Christ. There's not whatever divisions there are in the church today. We need to come together and glorify God for his mercy, sing his praises, rejoice in him, praise the Lord. Notice that what brings Jew and Gentile together is the worship of God. And so he says another benediction, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And this is connected to his earlier benediction because ultimately what gives us endurance and encouragement, what gives us endurance and encouragement, it's hope. Hope gives us endurance and encouragement, and so these two benedictions here, which are great to like write down and even memorize, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's such a great double benediction here at the end of the book of Romans. And then he does some little bit of housekeeping details, which is what he's going to be mostly taken up with in chapter 16. But it's not without purpose. We see the heart of the Apostle Paul. His drive has been to take the gospel where Christ is not already named. And notice he says he's filled up the work given to him from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum. And that means if you look at the eastern Mediterranean, if you ever look at a map on the eastern Mediterranean, all all that whole eastern Mediterranean area, northeastern Mediterranean area, he has planted churches, he's preached the gospel, he's gone from town to town, he's done the work given to him. Now he wants to go somewhere where Christ is not yet named. And in his mind, that means he's going to go to Spain, which we'll see in the next chapter. Oh, it's right here, sorry, verse 24 i hope in to see you in passing as i go to spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once i've enjoyed your company for a while so he wants to have as antioch was a base of operations to send him out to what we would today call turkey and crete and greece right he went through that whole area he wants rome to be a new base of operations to send him to the west to what we would call today france and then spain so that's where he wants to go next uh, but first, but first, along with missions, Paul has a heart for mercy, and so he wants to bring this mercy contribution to the to the needy saints in Jerusalem. So Paul was always driven. You can read Galatians chapter two to get this heart of the apostle Paul as well. He's going out as gen, as apostle to the Gentiles, and Peter and the others in Jerusalem tell him to remember the poor, and he says this very thing. I was already eager to do so paul is always eager to take the name of jesus where jesus is not yet known missions and to care for the poor mercy missions and mercy missions and mercy that's what drives the apostle paul and i think it's what should drive the mission of our church today we should be all about the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ to those who do not know him and the caring for the poor first among the saints and then among our neighbors and so he's asking them to strive together with him in prayer he's going to go to Judea we know that once there he's going to be arrested and imprisoned and that's actually how God's going to bring him to Rome at this point in Paul's life he doesn't know that but he says pray with me when we pray with someone who's engaged in mission work we are striving together with them we are engaged in the work with them and by, by God's will, through our prayers, God works his purpose. So that by God's will, verse 32, so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. God answered that prayer. God brought the Apostle Paul to the Romans with joy, and he was refreshed in their company. It just so happened to be that he did so wearing chains as a prisoner, But the gospel was not chained and his heart was not chained. And so God answered this prayer. Sometimes God answers our prayers in ways we don't expect. Ways that we would not have wanted if we were given a choice. If we were given, do you want A or B? We would have chosen A. We would have not chosen B. God takes us through B anyway, contrary to what we would have wanted. And in the end, it turns out to be for his glory and for our good. Sometimes we can't see that in this life, but the Apostle Paul could. With, it would be about five years or so after he wrote this letter that he would end up in Rome with the Roman church, sharing the gospel with them as a prisoner. But God fulfilled his, his word and, uh, and Paul's prayer request. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the heart of the Apostle Paul and what we've been seeing in the book of Romans together. We pray that you would continue to write your word on our hearts, that we might glorify you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, tomorrow we're going back to Leviticus. So we have um, Leviticus 16. And then, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. What am I doing? Tomorrow, in the next day, we have Leviticus 23 and 24. Leviticus 16, we're going way back. Uh, Sorry. Leviticus 23 and 24 in the next two days. And then we'll come back to Romans 16. So have a blessed day in the Lord.